Hi, my name is Heidi Dreyer. I am a second year medical student at the Idaho College of Osteopathic Medicine, and you are listening to Do or Do Not. Today I'm excited to interview Dr. Ann Kozlowski, a diagnostic radiologist who works at Tulsa Radiology Associates, which is affiliated with St. John Medical Center in Tulsa, Arizona. Dr. Kozlowski went to medical school at the Oklahoma College of Osteopathic Medicine and has more than 20 years of experience in her field of radiology. Dr. Kozlowski will share with us her journey from a ballerina who danced in front of a camera to her current job as a physician who works behind the film. I would like to welcome you. I am so glad that we have you, Dr. Kozlowski, and thank you so much for agreeing to be on our podcast today. So just to start off, I want to know what your normal day looks like from the beginning to the end. Okay, first of all, thank you very much for inviting me to be on the podcast. It's really an honor and opportunity. I am a diagnostic radiologist with Tulsa Radiology Associates at Ascension St. John Medical Center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We are a group of 22 radiologists, a multi-specialty group with fellowship-trained interventional radiologists who only perform interventional radiology, and we have fellowship-trained neuroradiologists, musculoskeletal radiologists, and breast imagers, and we have general radiologists like myself. We provide 24-hour coverage. A typical day for me would be covering in the radiology department of either the main hospital or one of our outlying hospitals. And I will be covering uh, interpreting plain radiographs, CT scans, MRI, ultrasound, nuclear medicine exams, screening mammograms, diagnostic mammograms, and performing fluoroscopy procedures. I will typically get up at five o'clock in the morning. My husband has breakfast for me and he packs my lunch and I'm off. Usually after work, I like to exercise. The medical center has a beautiful health club with a big warm water pool and I dance in the water and take water aerobics and I spend time every day on continuing medical education. Some of my rotations are at the breast center. And as a radiologist, one of the perks is also being able to sometimes read at home via teleradiology. I have a home office and it's particularly nice during the pandemic. That sounds like you have such a great support system with your husband. He's fantastic. Yes. If it weren't for him, I would not be where I am today. That is for sure. That is so sweet. I love that. <laughs> That's a really busy day. I I want to backtrack a little bit and go into your previous career because you are now a very successful doctor, but previously you had a different career. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Um, when I was four years old, I saw the New York City Ballet perform the Nutcracker. And that's the moment that I decided I wanted to be a professional ballet dancer. And I just focused my sights on that. I trained in New York City at the Joffrey Ballet School and attended the Professional Children's School near Lincoln Center. And my career as a professional ballet dancer began in high school when I was touring and performing with the Joffrey Ballet Concert Group, the Maryland Ballet, and the Metropolitan Opera Ballet, and then later went on to the Minnesota Ballet. One year, the Metropolitan Opera had a musician strike and the season was canceled. 
And that is when I was invited to come out to Tulsa, Oklahoma, to dance with the Tulsa Ballet, which I thought I would do for a season and then return to New York. But I loved the Tulsa Ballet. I loved the directors and the repertoire. And beside, I met my husband, Elon Kozlowski. And we were married less than a year later, and I decided to stay in Tulsa. The story is that college was not on my radar, but my husband suggested I take telecourses at Tulsa Community College. This was pre-internet, but telecourses had the lectures on television. It was a very flexible program, and it enabled me to take college courses while touring with the ballet, while performing. So, and I loved it. It was enriching. I have intellectual curiosity. I am passionate about learning, and I really enjoyed it. So I took one course at a time, and then eventually when I ran out of courses, I found an independent study program at the University of Oklahoma. It was an independent interdisciplinary program through the College of Liberal Studies, which enabled me to do it by correspondence. And it was a wonderful program, and I actually did very well in the program. So by the time I graduated, I was named Outstanding Senior at the award ceremony, I was approached by a recruiter from Johns Hopkins Medical School, which was nice, but I thought that was completely unrealistic to go to medical school. By this time, our daughter Naomi was born, and we were planning on having more children, and I was transitioning from my performing career to teaching ballet. So at that point, I decided I would become a dance therapist, and I pursued a part-time master's of social work degree program with the idea of becoming a dance therapist, which I did. And I took on a job as director of social services at the Tulsa Retirement and Healthcare Center, where I provided dance therapy for dementia patients, basically geriatric patients. But I became very interested in the disease processes affecting the elderly, particularly the dementia patients. And I thought I would go back and study gerontology, but there was no program available. So it was my husband who, unbeknownst to me, met with a recruiter at the Oklahoma State University College of Osteopathic Medicine, which happened to be right near our home, met with a recruiter to see if they would be interested in a student like me. And he learned that they actually prefer older students. I mean, they, they like older students with a varied background who have had previous careers, and they encouraged me to go back and do pre-med courses and then apply. And Elon told me that he, if I chose that path, he would support me even more and help more with the children. By this time, we had two children. Our son, Oren, was born. And I did that. I went back and I started medical school, and I loved it. It's kind of crazy how just one thing led to another. You said that you still did some dance aerobic. Well, I'm so passionate about ballet, and I was teaching ballet all through medical school and residency. And then I also began, once I graduated, um, I began volunteering backstage with the dancers performing osteopathic manipulation. And I've just been very involved with the arts community. I no longer dance, but I do like to dance in the water. It's easy on the joints. How Do you think that your previous dance career has helped you in any way being an osteopathic physician today? Absolutely. The self 
discipline, the self-motivation, the drive, perseverance, mental toughness, and stamina required for a career in dance certainly did prepare me well for a career as an osteopathic physician. And I feel that being a dancer, I became very in tuned with my body, very mindful of my body. And I think that was very helpful in training in osteopathic manipulation. So how was your experience at medical school? Medical school was a great experience. I found there were many other older students in my class. We, there was a culture that was much more cooperative than strictly competitive. I felt that I was being embraced in the osteopathic family. The faculty uh, was very supportive. And in particular, I'm grateful to my anatomy professor, Dr. Gerald Kirk, who really encouraged me to pursue radiology. He was the head of the radiology club, and he really made learning radiology fun. It was like solving puzzles. And what I didn't mention before is that my father was a radiologist, an MD radiologist, and his father was an ear, nose, and throat MD. And my grandmother graduated first in her class from Johns Hopkins Medical School in 1923. So she was really a trailblazer and a real role model. She, was, she had her picture in the New York Times, and she was awarded a prestigious Rockefeller Institute fellowship. But when they found out she was married to my grandfather, they took it away. And then later on, she wanted to go back and do specialty training, but then they told her she was too old. So I just feel privileged that I was able, at a later age and as a female, to pursue a career in medicine. So you said your dad was a physician. Was your mom also affiliated with healthcare? No, she wasn't. But she had studied ballet at Carnegie Hall, and that had always been her passion. So I think that's where that came from, too. Did you know that you wanted to do radiology? Well, initially, I came in with the idea of going into geriatrics, you know, having had the experience working with the elderly. And I also liked psychiatry. I won the psychiatry department award, but it was really the influence of my anatomy professor, Dr. Kirk, and and also realizing how passionate my father was about the field of radiology. And he had seen so many fantastic changes throughout his career, new technologies coming. I mean, such a transformation. And he was so excited about it and, and enthusiastic and loved it. And I figured if, if he loved it so much that I would too. And, and I do. Um, how was your application process into your radiology residency? In retrospect, I could have been a lot more strategic in those applications. I was so focused on radiology, which was extremely competitive. But um, right near my home, fortunately, there is the Oklahoma State University Medical Center, which is now the largest osteopathic teaching facility in the nation, and they have a radiology residency program. And so I really set my eyes on getting a spot in that program. And if I didn't, I'm not sure what I would have done <laughs> because we, I didn't think it was in the best interest of my family to relocate. And I mean, we would have, but we really preferred to stay in Tulsa. And fortunately, I did get a spot there. Was that the only program you applied to? No, I applied to other programs. At least at that time, programs tended to, to like to take their own students. 
But my first choice was to stay in Tulsa. What was your residency like? Oh, it was very challenging, but very rewarding. I think you get out of it what you put into it. I think it's very important to be proactive and take initiative to really get the training experience that you need. But I really want to reassure the residents out there that medicine is a lifelong endeavor and there is there are wonderful continuing medical education programs and that you will be studying your whole life. So if you don't feel that you get everything right away, you will be studying and growing and developing your skills your whole life. And and I, I need to just because of the, the fast pace in which radiology as a field is growing and developing. When I w- first went to practice, I was reading screen film mammograms and then along came digital mammography. And now we have 3D tomosynthesis mammography. So there's constant training that goes on throughout your career. So, but it was very exciting and I was selected as chief resident. So that was an honor. You still work at Tulsa, yeah? Well, what happened is later in residency, I met Nina Luxembourg, who is an MD radiologist, and she was working at St. John Medical Center in private practice with Tulsa Radiology Associates. She was a wonderful mentor to me, very generous with her time and expertise. And later in my residency, she told me there was a job opening with the group, and she encouraged me to apply. And I did apply, and I was granted an interview. But unfortunately, right before the interview, my father suddenly and and unexpectedly passed away, and I had to postpone the interview to attend the funeral. But they were kind enough to wait for me to return from the funeral for the interview, and I was hired. And that was 15 years ago. I became the second female DO with the group. Do you have one moment from your residency that you would say is your proudest moment during your education as a DO? I'm so fortunate to have had many proud moments, one of which was when my father hooded me at graduation from medical school, and I realized I was a third-generation physician. Another was being made chief resident, and then I received some other awards along the way. But I think my proudest moments were when I felt that I was making a positive contribution to patient care and making a positive difference in the lives of patients and their families. If you could go back and change your specialty, would you choose to do a different specialty or would you continue or will still pursue radiology? No, I'm very pleased with my choice and I am very grateful. I've had the opportunity. Did you also have to take a loan? Well, I was very fortunate in not having to take out loans. For one thing, I had in-state tuition, and the tuition was less then than it is now. But I was also very fortunate to be the recipient of generous scholarships. I invested a lot of time in researching scholarships and grants from various foundations and organizations, and I applied to many of them. I wrote a lot of essays, but it paid off. And at least at that time, there were what I felt as many untapped resources, a lot of scholarship opportunities out there, particularly aimed at women and minorities wanting to pr- continue their education. So I would encourage people to to look at those resources. You said you met your husband while you were dancing. Is he also a dancer? He was a dancer. 
Yes, he was a dancer, and then he earned a business degree, and then he became an entrepreneur, and he's actually from Israel, first generation now American citizen, and he did, he, you know, he lived the, has lived the American dream, opening successful businesses in Tulsa, and he was also teaching ballet, and now he's retired, and he's a playwright and writes screenplays, and I help him. <laughs> How do you maintain your work-life balance? Time management is critical and prioritizing your time. Of course, now for me, my life-work balance is much easier because my kids are grown, they've moved away, and I've been in practicing radiology for a while. But, you know, at the time when I was in the thick of it with young children, I mean, it's challenging, but I think you have to really try to make time for adequate sleep, good nutrition, daily exercise, which is a great stress reliever, quality time with your family and connection with your support system, and try to make time every day for pleasure so you recharge your battery and don't get burned out. Something that you enjoy. And I think laughter is important. My husband has a great sense of humor and he makes me laugh and keep things into perspective. Do you use OMP in your daily life or ever in your practice? It is not part of my practice per se, but it does come in handy when doing procedures. And But it's, it's really not part of my radiology practice per se, but I do use it on uh, helping with family members and friends. For students that are thinking about radiology, What do you recommend? If there is a radiology club in which you can get involved, if you can shadow, those are all wonderful uh, ways of, of learning more about the field. Myself, I am involved with the Oklahoma Osteopathic Association Mentorship Program. So if you can find a mentor, that's also helpful, particularly one in radiology. I love that. Um, I'd like to thank you for this opportunity, and I hope it's helpful to the listeners. I think it will definitely be helpful, and thank you so much for being here. We really enjoyed having you. This concludes our episode of Do or Do Not. Send all inquiries, comments, suggestions, and even let us know if there's someone you want us to interview to do or do not podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to like us on Facebook at Do or Do Not Podcast for updates. If you enjoyed our podcast, please share it with your classmates and administration. We have plenty of more interviews lined up, and we're excited to share them with you. This is Tian Yu Shea. Thank you guys so much for listening to Do or Do Not.